Welcome to the If I Only Knew podcast with Debbie and Veronica, two friends with a combined age of 110 years. I'm 65. And I'm 55. Between us, we have five kids, three grandkids, and a total of 75 years married. Now it's time to be inspired, laugh a lot, and learn to thrive. Good Monday morning, everybody. I'm here with my friend, Debbie. Hello. We are very excited to be joining with you today, and we are going to continue our conversations on friendship. Today, we're going to talk about making friends and overcoming loneliness, and this is going to be a two-parter, so at the end of this one, we'll let you know that next week, we're going to be continuing on with this conversation. Yeah, and interesting, it was um, this morning, we were working on, on putting this together. We've had our own epiphanies. I mean, it's totally part of the process we go through when we're doing our interviews is to be as seamless as we can for you and have some pre-discussion of what are the key points. We want to make sure we give you valuable content, whatever. And we both were, uh, yep, crying again and going through some things. So that's all good. And we realize we can't fit it into a box. So it'll be a two-part session. Um, with me, this is going to be mainly focused on action plans and just sort of the things we felt going through this. Correct. And and we may jump around from topic to topic. So just kind of bear with us and know if we didn't hit on something, we may hit on it next week when you listen. So, um, But we're really excited to really delve into some of these topics because really, Debbie, the pre-talk that we have is like a little therapy session. <laughs> therapy. This is, is. is an understatement. I know. That was good. It is. It's very good. And it, it I, we hope that it helps you as much as it helps us. But hey, if it's only helping us, you know, <laughs> tell us that too. That's right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so let's dive right into here. So one of the first things that we came up with in, in discussing loneliness in a little more depth is that it's, it's a feeling, but it's part of being a normal human being, right? Right. Well, we knew that from the statistics that we had right. quoted very first Thing, well, last week, I guess it was. and um, But it really is. It's part of, of many people are lonely. Many and, people are lonely. Yeah. And one of the things Debbie and I realized in having the discussion pre was that loneliness to each of us is looks a little bit different. And it may for you too. So it's not a one size fits all type of thing. So Debbie, why don't you tell us to for you, what does loneliness look like? Okay. To me, I, I would tell you that my loneliness comes out of, I mean, I don't mind being alone, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am alone a lot. I have been in my work. Uh, and I'm an only child, so I think I probably have a good sense of loneliness. Um, but I think what I, what happens is, is that I find, and when I'm lonely, I'm just seeking somebody to talk to or people to be with that bring me, make me feel valued, make me feel good. When I'm lonely, I'm sad, but it's not like profound sadness. It's like, I'm missing something. I'm really missing something. And I know that. Um, Sometimes I do that on purpose uh, because I have something to do and I'm stuck in my, my, um, studio and I'm working and I'm by myself. So, you know, I listen to things to feel like I'm, I'm having a party, but it's, but I am alone a lot. So, well, and when I think about the word loneliness, I think of this like dark, cavernous, empty place. (laughs) Okay. And so I don't know that I, because that's my definition for loneliness, 
I don't know that I would describe myself as someone who feels lonely very often. I'm also around people a lot. I think for me, the words that I would use to describe is that I feel unappreciated and unvalued at times in my relationships. Bingo. I think that's really yeah. the piece because I, you know, I was just thinking my grandchildren are such a great source of joy and we see them a lot. So I'm not lonely, really. I get them and I have my family. Right. So that's, it's a different feeling. I, it's kind of interesting as we were doing this, let's describe yeah. it a little bit uh, from our own perspective and right. maybe you'll see yourself in either one or part of that. Right. Um, it's just seeking value, I think. Yeah. And I think just for yourself, understanding yourself and who you are and and what feeds you, what gives you joy, but but also knowing what different circumstances, how that makes you feel. Right. And I think that's important to know. That's that self-awareness that we're really hoping to delve into and and help ourselves and help all of you amazingly strong, beautiful women understand about yourselves as well. Exactly. Exactly. So, Debbie, do you believe there's a difference between loneliness and depression? Oh, definitely. Um, having been someone that has had has had sometimes loneliness, but also has had profound uh, metabolic depression in my past that there is a, it's a really different feeling. You know, sometimes situations might make you feel sad. Okay. Well, that's sad and that's a situation, but when you are profoundly sad, a lot of the time, uh, aren't seeking, um, other activities, um, hiding basically, mm. almost like you don't, I mean, I never had a feeling where I didn't want to get out of bed. I just didn't. It was hard, so incredibly hard for me to do things. And this was in years past when I was working as a registered nurse and I had finished a project and it was very intense project. And it was, uh, I was basically a scapegoat for some serious action that had to happen in the healthcare delivery in a hospital. And it, I couldn't even start to talk to a member of my own family or anything without just busting into tears. I mean, that's, to me, that's depression. Being a little lonely and feeling sad sometimes, that's different. Um, the other piece to it is with depression, um, you are so embarrassed because here I am, you know, I have family and friends and I've got, I have a good life. I have a wonderful life. And I, even back then when I was working, you know, I had a wonderful profession, great opportunities. But how could I be depressed? I mean, really, and it's, you feel so shameful about it. Yes. Um, like I'm not supposed to. And, and people look at you like, well, how could you even be depressed? Well, you even mentioned that someone said that to you. Yes. Like I, you have all these good things around you and it's like, you know that. I can't explain it other than you know that all those good things are around you, but you can't help physically feeling that way, but so incredibly shameful for feeling that way because of what you're, the, the, I mean, the difference that, you know, it's, that's there. So, and, and doesn't depression also like severe clinical depression, you're in a place of hopelessness. It can be. Yeah. You, you don't, you're not sure what step to take. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest, when uh, I was given that, I had to even be able to function. I couldn't even function back then. You can't just cry all day long. And so so I was put on medication. And, you know, these medications are not a picnic. Um, some, like the first one, I gained uh, 15, 20 pounds, but I stopped crying. Uh, the next was uh, then that I had to get off of that and went on to another that um, had, had distorted my visual acuity 
acuity. So I was constantly, ba- I remember at the hospital, constantly banging into oh, the no. parking. <laughs> when I went to go put my parking pass in, I was always banging the, my oh, car my into gosh. the parking pass before I could get the thing out. I'm like, okay, this can't last. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I think having, I did have some, um, somebody to talk to, to talk with. We had an EAP program, so I was actually able to get support. Uh, getting therapy to just kind of get through what are your, some of your feelings and half the time it's truly distorted vision that is created by either your hormones or a metabolic um, dysfunction at right. the time. And it so. can start out as a real situation, but then something happens to the chemicals in the brain, right? Yes. That causes it. You can't just get over it. So right. one of the really important things that we just wanted to say is if you're feeling that way, like you just can't get over it, please go get help. Right. Don't live that way. Don't think that it's normal. Go talk to someone, talk to a professional, talk to your pastor, talk to somebody, start with a friend, but talk to somebody about it and begin the process of, of healing because you don't have to live in that state forever. No. And I think, you know, the benefit of having lived through this is that, you know, at the time I was like, oh, I can't, I, I don't want to take these medications. Oh no, I'm not going to take the medications. I'm going to solo power this through. and I'm going to power through it. You can, sometimes you just can't. Right. And, but that doesn't, but that's not that a you're weakness. Stuck. No, it's not a, it's not a weakness. Right. And B, you know, I don't live on medication at all now. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I have situational, sometimes depression. I, there's nothing like it. Sometimes hormones when I'm completely off, mm-hmm. it, it may, I may feel it, but I'm lucky that I know the difference and I'm able to do different foods, different, you know, exercise, all of those things. It's nothing to be shameful about. It's nothing to be afraid of. It is all about getting help. Yes. Um, and getting the right kind of help. Correct. And not, and so that's be scared about doing what they want to do. Correct. That's our little PSA for you guys, our public service announcement. announcement. Yes. <laughs> please make sure if you're if you're if you think you're struggling with depression, please go get help. So let's go back to talking a little more about loneliness. Yes. So what are some things that um, that we do that we can do to overcome loneliness in our lives? First thing is your self-talk. Um, mm. You know, so I always think we have the good and the bad and the inner of the inner critic. Um, the person who always tells us, no, you're not good enough to do this, or yes, you could do that, or you should have, or you shouldn't have. Um, when it comes to loneliness, sometimes that critic will jump in there and say, you know, maybe you weren't just a, as good of a friend. You probably should have called them more. Maybe you should stop by. Maybe you can't, you should communicate by phone, not just text. I mean, all the things. And before you know it, you have a critic list that's a mile long. And you and you don't do anything. Totally. So being, being an introvert personally, um, my critical self talk keeps me even more isolated sometimes, and makes me not want to go be a part of things because I all I hear is that critical voice, and I it, it's almost like I feel like I'm wearing this big sign <laughs> over my head <laughs> with all my thoughts, and honestly. Sometimes our thoughts do become our actions. And yes. so when I'm feeling extremely insecure or, you know, not totally myself or I'm not happy with myself or whatever it may be, um, I will keep myself from actually going out and it perpetuates that whole feeling of rejection or, or loneliness. And so you really need to get past that negative self-talk. Yeah. Be aware. And when it's happening, you just have, you know, I sometimes will visualize a happy dip. 
Okay, here's the here's the grumpy Debbie, I love that. and here's the happy Debbie. Okay, the grumpy Debbie's really on full force, you know, some days. And, and I, at one point, I have to stop and say, okay, stop. These thoughts are ridiculous. Yes. Okay, you're creating distortion here. So get to the happy Debbie. What's happy Debbie look like? And if you don't <laughs> want to know what happy Debbie looks like, but no, it's you have you have to do a happy version of yourself, whether you call it that person or whether you have something music. Sometimes I have music songs that change it for me. Um, that's an action to take that then stops that action of self of negative self-talk. And just realizing that people don't probably judge you as harshly as you judge yourself. Right. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Cause that's my big thing. I think, Oh, if I go to this with this group of friends, they're going to see that I've gained 10 pounds and they're just going to be judging me the whole time. (laughs) Right. No, I agree. So I'm self-conscious and then I'm quiet and yeah. It's a cycle. It's It's a a vicious cycle that you have to break. It's a vicious cycle. So we need to stop that stupid self-talk and really begin to, to understand who we are and how amazing we are and and just move in that joyful part of ourselves. Right. Yeah. Right. Very good. Um, another strategy is you got to think about being a little brave. You got to kind of put yourself out there a little bit. Um, and one way, ways that you can do that is number one, look at your current friendships and where you might feel, okay, that friendship's good. Maybe that one's better than the other one, whatever. Look at maybe some of the weakest ones that you have and why are they weak? Is it a part of communication that you've not reached out or whatever. And I, I find that that happens over time. Sometimes we get busy with our lives, our families, and what was once a strong friendship in some ways can weaken. And then I feel lonely because I haven't seen that person. So I got to get myself out of there. You got to get you yeah. out of your own head. You got to be a little brave and say, what about calling them and say, hey, you know, I've I've really not been the best lately. This is why. I just communicate honestly and say, i you know, please forgive me if that's, you know, felt made you feel bad. I don't want you to feel that way. And let's, you know, I'm looking forward to reconnecting. Let's, yeah. let's do that. So strengthening uh, a weak friendship. Yeah. Bre- you have to break through that awkward feeling that you might feel when you haven't been in contact with someone for a while, or maybe the last conversation you had with them, you didn't feel great about. And so you've neglected contacting them again, and it can feel really awkward to reach out again. And so you just want to go ahead and and be brave. I love yeah. how you put that. It's just, just you got to be brave yeah. and you just got to go ahead and and put yourself out there and um, and strengthen those friendships again. Exactly. Or you start new ones. I mean, you would say, Absolutely. I mean, it's not always easy, but um, starting new ones, you, I think you'd be surprised. Um, some of the great things that can happen. Yeah. Uh, and then that can, you can even commingle some of that group or share whatever. Uh, but it's not as hard as it it seems sometimes, you know, very true. What about, um, supporting your network, your group of friends, your tribe, whatever word you want to use? Nurturing them as being able to be vulnerable to me, telling them, you know what, I'm just not myself or I've got this on my plate. I mean, everybody goes through that and not that friendships just have to be an unloading of what's not good, but let's talk about what could be, what let's do plan something different. How can we nurture our friendships? Uh, I know in my tribe, a lot of people, we like to go on trips. So before you know it, uh, after I see a group of my friends, like recently, we have two or three trips planned. That's awesome. <laughs> a girl's trip, you know, which is, you know, a cool thing to be able to do. So very cool. Do you follow through? Most times? Yes. Because there's always a ringleader, 
uh, in the group that is uh, one or two the that happen to be the major planners for travel and action. Uh, they never fail to put together amazing gatherings for, for That's a group awesome. of friends. That would not be me. No, I'm not I hate planning either. trips. Yeah, no, I'm not so good. Yeah, yeah, not so good at it. Cool. What about comparison? Uh, well, you know, everybody says it's a thief of joy. And anytime I start to feel like I'm comparing somebody, you know, that thief of joy, it really does. It, it makes you focus on how you're so different. Oh, that person's always so skinny and they always look this way. And they work so out perfect. every day. Yeah, they're perfect. They're I mean, wealthy. And I'm not, I'm not perfect. Yeah. And you, right. Before you know it, you've created, and, and it's such false yeah, evidence appearing real is the, the word well, people and, say. Well, and but. most of the time, I like to call it our Instagram image. Yes. I think when we compare ourselves to somebody else, we're comparing ourselves to their Instagram image. And I don't mean that they're on Instagram and putting themselves out there, but it's that image that we make up in our minds about that person and how perfect their life must be and how unperfect our life is because we know the truth about our lives, right? right. And so we compare ourselves to that perfect Instagram image. Agreed. And, you know, typically for women, it's a lot of, of, of physical attractiveness Absolutely. and how we look and all that. And it's interesting, you know, and one action is to try not to feel separate. I mean, feel and to yes. do this comparison, of course. But how do you do that? Um, for me, oftentimes it's quotes. I will say something that's yes. bothering me and I will go search it in the morning for a quote. Interesting. I'd like to share with you something that a really good friend um, sent me last week, uh, I thought really hit home. The quote says, I had a moment the other day that really changed my perspective on how I view my physical appearance. I was thinking no one has ever impacted me by being beautiful or having a perfect body. It might get my initial attention or even be inspiring, but it's never been the reason I remembered them. I'm impacted by people for their kindness, their loyalty, their patience, their generosity, their vulnerability. I've never said she changed my life because she was pretty and skinny. We spend so much time worrying about the thing that means the least to people. Now I have that. She sent that to me. Okay. I had a little cry. Then I had, I put it in my file to keep so that, and that's something you may do. Absolutely. That is powerful. That is so, cause it is the truth. Yes. I, and this is something Debbie and I talked about. I am the type of person that if I am not feeling um, my best, if I don't feel like I look my best, yes, I might be a little vain. I think I might be a little vain. You might be. I might no, be. You, okay. I'm in the beauty industry. You so, are, right. I, you know. Exactly. Um, I have a really hard time being social. I have to go to work. Like, that's not an option. But I have a really hard time being social when I'm not feeling good about my weight or um, maybe my lashes aren't done or, you know, and I, and I hate that I feel that way, but I, but it's just, honestly, it's who I am. And right. it's a part of myself that I'm really working on because I don't want to, because I know my girlfriends don't care. They don't care they don't. if I've put on 10 pounds or they actually probably understand why I have. Um, but it really mentally hinders me. And so I'm actively working on overcoming that and doing things that make me feel better and pushing myself to go do things that I would normally cancel on or try to find a way out of doing 
because of how I'm feeling. How you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. Sometimes you do. You feel either the physical appearance thing or you're just not on, you feel like I have to, to hide or I'm not really much fun to go to that little outing because I really don't really feel good about who I am or, you know, whatever. And I think you do. You have to push yourself. Same thing, our action plan with, the, with loneliness. You have to push yourself a little bit. You have to put perspective on the things that make you feel separate from others. What are those yeah. things? What's your perspective? How can I change my perspective? You know, for some of us, um, it's personal development, self-development. And there's a million amazing books and amazing podcasts to help people on that. And, and having that in your back pocket every now and then is, is really good. If that's not your thing and you don't want to read books or just pulling up quotes off Pinterest or, yes. you know, whatever, just to give yourself that little, okay, I'm reflecting now. I'm seeing, I'm separating myself. I need to put myself out there. I need to nurture my relationships a little bit. I feel lonely, but don't get stuck. That's right. Don't be a victim. That No. Oh, we forgot the victim. victim. Remember we mentioned that yes, before. Yes. Being a victim is one of the biggest things yeah. will make you feel separate and lonely well, and just not like you're a part of something. Well, you attract how you think. That is and so how you feel. True. That and is so what, true. When if you feel lonely and can want to continue to feel lonely, yes. and you don't take actions to not feel lonely, you will continue to attract more loneliness. Yes. And being around someone who's a victim all the time. Now listen. We all go through periods of time where something really difficult happens to us and we really are. Absolutely. A victim. Yes. But we can't live there. It's not healthy to live there. And we all know that person that is perpetually a victim. Right. Nothing is ever caused by them. Every, oh, woe is me. Everything in my life is horrible all the time. It is difficult to be around that kind of person all the time. It is. And it's, it's very draining. It is very draining. But sometimes it's a challenge to us. Yes. Our, our, well, those of us that are nurturers. Yeah. <laughs> it's a challenge to say, how can I help? Right. How can I share what yeah. I'm learning, what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing? Um, what? How do I become a bit of a... Uh, a support in some ways. And then, but I think that honestly saying, I can't support you like this all the time because right. it's draining me. It, so I need to step back for a couple of days, but then I'll be back. Right. Don't you worry. I'll always be back. <laughs> That's right. right. That's because right. some people, they really need that. They really do. Some people, but they also need us to give them that encouragement to come out of that place of being a victim. Yes. And, you know, sometimes we can use our words. Sometimes we just pray for them. Sometimes, um, you know, I find that writing a really encouraging letter sometimes can be way more impactful than just using my words because then they have something Hold they can to. look great, at Veronica. whenever they're I love that you know, feeling down yeah. or feeling, you know, that way again. So those are some things that, you know, we felt like were really... Yeah. Kind of help with loneliness and... And a little bit touch on friendship and a little bit yeah. about depression and all that, just yeah. so you make the distinction. So, all right. So now we stay tuned. Yes. Because next week... Next Monday, we're going to come to you with more on loneliness, friendship. We're going to talk about toxic friendships. Yes. And how do you yeah. recognize them? How do you that? recognize them? How do you... How do you can maintain a friendship that maybe is toxic, but... You want you that person's really, or maybe it's a family member and they're really important to you. Right. And how do you 
um, how do you overcome the toxicity yes. in that relationship? Now, of course, it has to be a two-way street, but we're going to give you some ideas on what you can do to help that. Right. So please share. I know many of you out there, um, we love you guys, and we know you're sharing it out there because we, we just are keep so seeing thankful. the downloads. They keep coming. And, and you, I know you must know people who may be struggling with some of the things we're talking about. So if you take a moment today to even think that of that person, share. Yeah. Uh, it could help them somehow if you feel our words could help them somehow. So we, we appreciate that because that's what we're here for. So stay tuned. Next week, come back. We've come got back some good to, stuff. Because if you only knew what you needed to know. No. Then you'd be able to do better. Exactly. All right. Okay, guys. See you. Have a great Monday. Bye. We're going to play you a little song that we don't have permission for, but we hope you enjoy it. If we give all credit to my little grandson who loves this song, Let's Just Be Friends by Luke Combs. One side of the tracks, and I live on the other. Why we don't see eye to eye. Oh, my God, I'm feeling it. <laughs> Let's see what it sounds like. Oh,